Previously on Quest Friends. You see that it's the statue. No, don't bring it in here. And it sits there for a moment before slowly crinkling apart and shattering. And from inside it, a small letter floats to the ground. And I have most of the supplies, but I need this hematium. She points to that red stone that's usually used as a powder to make items float. Shock, you see actually in the advertisements, you see an advertisement for someone called the Great Vespari. And uh, the tagline for that says, fake esoteries, real magic. Oh, the baby's in a carriage right in front oh, of you. Okay. <laughs> and it is sickeningly adorable. It's just like, meh. Ellie puts on the toughest face she can. Cause she's tough. Mob is gonna turn over and say, well, you're a real natural at this, aren't ya? But the really curious thing about her is her hair, which is made out of these extremely long, thin strands that are tied into this giant bow on her head. And she looks up at you and she just goes, Mom? She's not sure how to react to this. Either of I is a player. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's all fine. It's we're all fine. We're, we're all groovy here on Quest Friend Station. Adam's Bye. fine. Emily's fine. Everything's fine. In five minutes, we'll find out who your unknown child is. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. And now, groovy in the bits with <laughs> you're that my dad really yes dirty. you person listening oh, why anyway anyway so inter- interrupting that and pretending that i didn't hear any of that yeah let's all also everything i just said just happened to play over the radio <laughs> like you know how sometimes they have radios outside of waiting areas yeah that's what's been playing well ellie's a mess and she's trying to not look like a mess Finally, she'll manage to get out really quietly. Just what? Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's, no I'm, it's, I'm sorry. It's um, okay. It's no, okay. that's just what my dad said. I uh, and uh, I mean that's that's what Stephen said. So, um, I, I, logically, I'm a woman. I have a uterus in which babies grow. Like plants and <sighs> well, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, but I'm a vocile. What the heck is a vocile? Uh, hop, roll me. Uh, At least history. a mess by now. <laughs> roll me a what? Roll me like a, a knowledge, a history check, like okay. kind of knowledge. Am I there now? Uh, I'm gonna say you, you, po- you might have overheard that term. Uh, well, I want to specify that hop. Was disgusted by the bathroom. I was like, I don't want to put on my nice, clean, new clothes here. But then on his way out, he was like, Wait, I got fancy <laughs> clothes that will remain clean in dirty situations. So we'll turn right back in. And then he did end up changing into his into his new outfit. Okay, so uh, it's important to know that you know both Hop and Ellie had very important realizations. <laughs> Ellie realized she had a daughter, and Hop realized he never has to worry about cleaning his clothes again. Even though, let's be honest, he will. <laughs> My understanding of it was that Hop would have been coming out of the bathroom when Ellie was like already talking to her. So he probably would have approached it like, I am a woman and I have a uterus and then like <laughs> slowed down a little bit and then said like, I'm, I'm sorry, am I interrupting something? <laughs> yes. No, I, I did not birth you. What? I... Well, yeah, of course you didn't. What? I'm about... How am I we're going to pronounce it? Let's say Vasile? I like Vasile. I like Vasile. Okay, that sounds so we're, cool. We're I like going Vasile. back in retro. We're going to change it to, to Vasile. Okay. What's a Vasile? What does that mean? I, I mean, we're we're a visitant. And, and you know, Vasile women aren't the ones who get pregnant. But... Logically, I know. I'm. I'm sorry. I. I know it's. I know it's confusing. Um. I'll. I'll just. I'm sorry. No. Pl- don't. You. You don't need to leave. I'm just very confused because I don't remember ever having a child, and I understand that visitants work differently. I'm. This is. Can we just like couple deep breaths? <sighs> okay. 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 No, it's. It's okay. Uh, Breathe with me. Okay. In. Out. 
One more time. In. Out. It's okay. 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 And she picks up the photo and she says, "Well, I, I'm sorry for wasting your time. Uh, wh- whoever you are, clearly you, you must not be my mom. You must be 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 somebody else." Uh, and as she picks up the paper, you can read the back of it. And it's gonna be punishing me for denying her my child. What? No. Uh, you pick it up and you see a note. You see a heart, and inside of it, you see Ellie. Plus Dareen. And suddenly, like three roller coaster carts from the world's deadliest roller coaster, it all hits you. This this Vasil named Doreen, this guy you had a one-night stand with, and he was very, very fond of you. But you weren't just into him, you weren't that into him. Uh Vasil, you remember a couple of things about him. You remember that he had this like long, vibrant, expressive hair that he would use to, to kind of sensory. It's almost like an external nervous system that he would use to sense and feel the world around him. And and you know, that's extremely dangerous in the ninth world, having basically your 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 veins and your nerves on the outside, but he just loved experiencing and feeling it too much and was so wonderful, but also a little too lovey-dovey and sappy and you just weren't really into it that much. You remember uh, him actually mentioning at one point, well, don't we want to worry about pregnancy? And you were like, nah, man, it's not a problem at all. And suddenly you might, you've realized, I think I understand why that was a problem. As this realization comes crashing down on her hatted head. Ellie just goes, shit. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. (laughs) How is Hop feeling right now? He's not feeling good about this. He feels like he walked into something maybe he shouldn't be involved in. So he's gonna like kind of settle over to Ellie a little bit. Like, Ellie, do you want me to go it feels like something very personal is happening. I, I, I don't want to make it weirder than it already is by just- You can't make it weirder. You can't. There is no possible way to- Oh, I have a child. <laughs> what do I do with the kid? Uh, um, hi, uh, uh, what's your name? <laughs> oh, oh, um, m- me? Uh, my, my name's Zoe. Oh my gosh, I didn't even ask your name! I didn't even... I didn't even ask your... I... Oh, I screwed it up! I... Like, I... She's already past the age where you're supposed to be able to scar them for life, but I've done it. (laughs) This is... Zoe. Zoe. Uh, Zoe. 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 That's a... Really nice name. You, you, thanks. So, uh, uh, Zoe, uh, Ellie's great. You should go, uh, talk somewhere. <gasps> Ellie's gonna shoot dagger glare at Hop. Hop like, will literally, like, <laughs> leave. Because <laughs> he thinks he's helping. <laughs> I'm just gonna go, like, wait over there and let you sort this out. Uh, it, it, it's nice to meet you, Zoe. Ellie's great. And then he'll just leave. Like, not far away. Like, a distance where he can't really hear what they're saying to give them privacy. But he's just gonna, like, step out of this and let them... As he leaves, Ellie's just gonna be like, No, get get back here. Don't, don't leave me. Do you want me to stay? I don't know. Because I will, but I feel like I'm making it worse. (laughs) Fine, I don't know. I don't want to make it worse. Can I make this worse? I don't know. <laughs> oh shit, we have other kids. <laughs> we just should send Chuck and Misha off on their own in Rulenia. Oh. oh god, we did. Oh, and we don't have the psychic link like they do. Hopper's <laughs> just considering the, the repercussions of sending Jacques and Misha alone without, like, a tether between the groups. Oh, mm. Okay, never mind. Yeah, leave. Go stand over there. Okay. And figure out how to fix that part, and I'll fix this part. Well, and I, well, I, I, I don't know if it can be fixed. I mean, we're going to meet which up. Which part? Like both parts? Like both parts, I don't know. <laughs> Zoe, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so... What makes it to Relydia? <laughs> well, I, I heard there were, uh, there, there were 
there were truth tellers and people who could see the the future here. So I um I f- I found Stephen and, and he was the one who was able to 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 get me to find you here. You've been looking for me. Well, after well, yeah, after my dad died, I didn't I didn't quite know 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 where to go. Uh, um, you you wasted time looking for me. <sighs> Well, I didn't think it was wasted time. I've already screwed it up. I'm sorry. I'm Ellie. So should I call you Ellie or call you Mom? I'm confused. What do you- what do you want to call me? I- I don't know. Uh... So you do want to call me Mom? Well, maybe. No, no, um... So yes. Maybe. You can. Why don't I take you to visit Stephen? He should. He would know what we should call you. Okay. Okay. And she immediately darts her head to the side and starts like walking with her arms stiff off away from the roller coaster. At least gonna like shoot a kind of panicked glance at Hop and like start walking after her. Like, all right, let's go visit Stephen. Okay. So you're coming along? (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Hopper doesn't know what to do. He's just wavering between, like, leaving and staying. He doesn't know what would be better. I guess, well, well, like, do you want me to come see Steven? Or do you want me to just meet up with you later? Sure. I don't know. Yeah, just, just come to see Steven. Are you, are you okay? (sighs) No. Well, I mean, I know the answer is no, but I, but, but, I mean, like, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll come with you, and I will just wait outside if you want me to. But I'll be nearby in case you do need me. I mean, you should probably come inside. You're going to get mugged. I'm going to get mugged. This is really sketchy, Hopper. Have you looked around? Well, yeah, I mean, but this is the kind of place I spend time in, not you. I'm not going to get mugged. <laughs> I'm not going to get mugged. You're going to get mugged. And I, I as, uh, I, I guess just a little nagging pardon in the back of your brain, want to interrupt for a second and let you know that as you've been debating who would and wouldn't get mugged in Roulettea, Zoe is almost completely out of view by this point. Oh, okay. That was just my way of transitioning out of your I wouldn't get mugged conversation. It was more like a sullen, like, I'm not going to get mugged. <laughs> and mine was like, sweetie, yes, you would. No. I mean, Hopper just wants me outside to prove that he wouldn't get mugged. <laughs> I would not if I were Hopper. You're not Hopper. You're Ellie. Yeah, and I don't get mugged because I'm tough. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, oh, hey, look, guys. We're in the land of tomorrow. Guess we should transition to that scene. Let's just transition. We'll, we'll, we'll Ellie and Hop's bigger slightly along the way. So you followed Zoe into the last main location of Rulettia, the land of tomorrow. And it certainly looks like tomorrow there is going to be a tornado because it is just a horrendous mess of weird buildings that are like propped up on their side. You've got pop-up tents, so many like pop-up gambling games. And they literally like pop up and pop down. Like people come, lose all their money and then immediately shut down and run away. <laughs> uh, and in fact, one guy has just adopted this and he just has like a, uh, a poker table strapped to his chest, just walking around playing games. You know those things you ride on that like everyone pedals and it's like a trolley and they drink beer? Yeah. It's like that, but with uh, some sort of gambling game. And it seems that every time somebody loses, they get jettisoned out of their seat and just like fall into the dirt on the side. So you walk through all of this and you notice that Zoe is being very careful to stay uh, near the walls and she always keeps her back so that she can see her eyes everywhere around. Like this trolley, she actually stands right next to it so that no one could really get her on that side. And eventually she leads you to what just kind of looks like an RV and it has a metallic hang glider resting on the top as if the whole thing was a very, very poorly thought out airplane. And so he turns around and says, I uh, have have to go in for a moment uh, and, and I'll, I'll get you when, when they're ready. And she knocks on the door and you hear an old chorus woman say, What do you want? Scratch or get out? Uh, June, it's it's Zoe. And the voice immediately turns to what is trying to be gentler. It's like, Oh, 
Zoe, welcome home. And she just pulls it open. Did you find her today? And Zoe just turns back and she's like, uh, I, I think so. And June's face just like, you can almost see her jaw drop. And she's like, well, let's get that bucket of bolts then. And they both walk inside uh, and the door is open a little bit. And Zoe just turns back and she's like, you can you can come in if, if you want. I'm going to awkwardly, but fairly quickly go in. Like, I'm curious at this point. Okay, Hop, what are you doing? Oh, Hopper doesn't know. Ellie's gonna beckon to Hop to come with. Okay, if he's being beckoned, he'll go in. Okay, Hop walks up and he takes a couple of steps. And suddenly, you hear a voice shout out, Hopscotch! Hopscotch! He'll turn around at that. Suspiciously. And you can see uh, one of the gambling games, a guy is shouting out, Hopscotch! And his gaze meets yours for a second. And almost challengingly, he says, Hopper Scotch? You talking to me? Hopscotch! Anyone want to play Hopscotch over here? Can I roll like a perception check to see if I should know this person? Yeah. Okay. Eleven. You do not know this man. Okay. But he knows you. I'll I'll take one further glance back and then go into the into the caravan with Ellie. Ellie, Ellie, is Hopscotch a real game? I've only read about it in weird old history books. Yes, and I've almost died doing it twice. So I'd like. I know that there's like that kind of, you don't know, like man pride or whatever, where you're like, oh, this male has challenged me with his gaze, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. You walk inside. You can see uh, it's, it's a very small, like kind of living space. Everything is really cramped together. There's like a little, a little model airship that Zoe seems to have been working on. And Zoe is in the back and you can hear kind of rustling with some, some things behind like a door in the back of this, in the back of this kind of camper. And the woman who is named June just turns over at you and says, so how much do I have to pay for you not to scam her? Not to scam her? This poor girl has been looking for her mother for months now. We've already been burned a couple of times. I'm not going to let it happen again. I... I'm not looking for... I don't want your money. I'm just trying to figure out... I... I... Am... Her actual non-scammer mom. Her arms are still crossed, but she looks a little surprised. She's like, well... I can see you got some pretty coarse metal in your bones there, and I just need you to know one thing. If you're lying to me, if you're going to hurt this girl, that ain't going to be nothing when I tear you apart. But if you're not, welcome to the family. And she turns over to Hop, and she says, So what's your deal, Skinny? I don't really know. <laughs> I'm Ellie's friend. I just got kind of caught up in the whole thing. I can really leave if that's if this is weird that I'm here. I'm, I'm just trying to be supportive. We're in Roulettea, honey. Everything's weird down here. I'm getting that impression. Tell him that if he stands outside, he's gonna get mugged. Really? I'm, I'm thinking killed, more like. I'm just saying that I'm willing to take those chances if you don't want me here. I mean, it's, it's your life, son. He's gonna look at Ellie at that. Just stay here. It's fine. Okay. Look, if they, if they don't want... Yeah, you know, being in the conversation, you can go stand in the corner and cover your ears. You're not taking up that much space. I, I will do that if that is what you want me to do. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, he was he was addressing the you to them. Uh, June doesn't respond because as she says that the door opens and you hear this like rattling of a cart as what looks like one of those magicians in a box comes out, except he's just a skeleton. It's just a skeleton who's like the top part of it. The head is like kind of chopped off. And so he says, here's Steven. I found him on my way to Roulettean. He's been leading me the whole way. And Steven, like when she moves him, the head rattles a lot. And it feels like things are rattling inside of it. But then when she stops, it just doesn't move. It's just motionless. I'm gonna eye hop and be like, do you want to say something? <laughs> and then after Ellie and Hop kind of look at each other, he'll just go, hello, Steven. <laughs> Uh, oh no, it, uh, Stephen! It, it it has to be. Uh, and you see the you see June roll her eyes, and she's like, "It has to be a question. That's how the toy works." What are we asking Stephen again? I'm just as lost as you, to be honest. Zoe. Yeah. 
what are we what are we asking Stephen? What what whatever we want. What do you what do you want me to ask him? Um, I, I don't know. Should I call you Mal? Okay. And then she's still feeling kind of flustered. So at first she's kind of like, should I call her mom? <laughs> she's like, Wait, no, no. Should she call me mom? And, and nothing happens. And after a second, June elbows you and she points to a coin slot. <laughs> on uh, Steven's case, and you can tell you need to stick in one shin for a question. One shin for every question? I have two shin- no, three shins left, so I'm gonna use a shin. I'm gonna sigh, put it in the slot. There you go, Steven! The head starts to rattle, and it, it sounds like dice are rolling around in it, and then the head pops down. And it's kind of like, you know, like a magic eight ball, how it rolls around and you see various answers after you shake it. It looks like that, except it's with like digital clock text. And it just says, do what your heart feels is right. And the head slides back (laughs) up again. Why, I guess my heart says yes. Well, if that's what your heart says, Zoe, then you can call me whatever you want. But I think that probably should have been the answer all along, I don't know that Stevens. I think you figured out everything on your own. I don't think Stevens been helping you. Oh no, no, no! And you could tell she was getting a brighter and brighter when she said that. But when you said you think I figured it out on your own, she's like, "Oh no, 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 no! That wasn't. No, I, I didn't do that. Um, no, I, I, I need, I, I need Stevens' advice. Well, I guess we should ask another, another question because I don't really know what we should do now. Okay, Ellie's gonna take a second chin out of her pocket. And look, Stephen, dead in the egg. Is it a skeleton? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. No. She's gonna look <laughs> Stephen dead in the eyes and say, "What now?" Love is always the answer. Sometimes. Zoe, <laughs> <laughs> that's so. I'm glad that Stephen has been helpful to you, but I think that for me. It's sometimes a little easier to just not ask someone who sees the future and just go for it. Because, like, if I had asked someone who saw the future if I should jump off a cliff, they probably would have given me some generic answer like, you can defeat the Dark Lord with love. Whereas, otherwise, I could just figure it out myself and jump off the cliff and land on the giant rotating gear and, like, toss the scientists off their feet and rescue Mako and, like, destroy an entire city. (laughs) And June's gonna leave a little hop and be like, all right, do do you know what she's talking about? She definitely sounds like Zoe's mom, but I'm very confused. (laughs) No, she's legit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, well... But the plan you said that he, he, he could have come up with defeating the Dark Lord with love—that's that—that seems like a good plan. That's what works works in the books that that I that I that I like. Um, here I'll I'll prove it to you. I'll ask him one question, and she turns over and she grabs a shin from her pocket, and this one's tied to a string that she like puts in and pulls out, yeah. and she's like, at least like under her breath, I'm like, shit, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> and then she's she's gonna look over to Stephen, and she's gonna say, uh, Stephen, now now that my mom's here. Is everything gonna be okay? And she puts a coin in, and the head rattles, and it drops down, and you just see two characters. You see N-O. And as it says that, you hear a sharp knock on the door. What do you do? Ellie's gonna step in front of Zoe, in between her and the door. So does anyone go to the door? Um, I would look at June, because it's her caravan. June's gonna walk over, and she is gonna open the door, and she's gonna say, What the hell? And you turn and you see what she's looking at, and you see an ice sculpture of Hopper Scotch. No! (laughs) No! And the sculpture starts to crack down the center and shatter, and you see an envelope slowly flutter down and fly at your feet.
Hello, welcome to the episode break for episode 22 of Quest Friends Questionable Measures Part 4. If I'm talking quickly, that's because this episode's a week late. Oops! I really appreciate your patience as I got this episode out. As I'm sure you've seen, there's uh, kind of a lot of stuff that went into this one, so I want to make sure I really got it right. In order to make up for the week late, as usual, I'm going to get next week's episode on schedule, so instead of waiting two more weeks for our next episode, you're going to have one, hopefully, next Monday. Plus, there are going to be some super cool announcements coming out that Monday, but that's Monday isn't this Monday, this Monday is this Monday. And this Monday, I have one announcement and one call to action for you. The announcement is that we have a Discord, kind of. It's an unofficial Discord some of the listeners put together. So while I can't guarantee kind of how it will operate the same way I could have something I'm making personally, I can say that if you're interested in hanging out with other folks who like similar content or you you want folks to be able to talk to Quest friends about, that's a great place to go. And you can check that in the link below. I know that, you know, a couple of us, Tom and I, at least, are, are hanging out in the Discord, too, occasionally. My call to action this week is to tweet about us or Tumblr out about us. I, I think the word is post. I don't know. I'm the Twitter guy. I'm not the Tumblr guy. Twitter or Tumblr out about us using the hashtag QuestFriends or alternatively directly tag us. If you do one of those things on Twitter or Tumblr, I will take the name on whatever account it is you did the post with and I'll put it inside a name pool and this will basically go for anything I might need a name for that I you know don't have something pre-planned for so NPCs, locations, items, basically anything in the Quest Friends universe is fair game for this name pool and in fact I already have someone from the name pool who you will meet next week in next week's episode. So I'm already getting it going, so start those tweets out now, and I'll stick them in the pool. That's all I got for you, the Discord and the hashtags. Besides that, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the second half of this episode, and I will see you again next week on Monday, September 3rd. I will see you then. Shock and Misha, you make your way into the auditorium, and you can tell this castle has basically, like the other part, has been gutted. And instead of having all these, like, rooms and spaces, uh, basically where the outside walls of the castle would be have been lined with hundreds and thousands of bleachers, and in the center you just see this, like, grungy, blood-stained pit. But because it's a kid's show to make it look nice, uh, they have a little chandelier Mm -hmm. that just, like, poofs glitter and poofs uh, confetti every so often. (laughs) Yay! And after a moment, the lights shut off and the crowd grows silent. When when the lights go down, everything gets in. When the hype starts building for the show to start, uh, Shock gets very excited, starts leaning forward in his seat. Before he was kind of, like, sitting scrunched up, like, really awkwardly, his legs and arms close together right in front of him so that he wasn't, like, you know, getting in anyone else's space. But now he's, like, relaxed and spread out a bit more. Humans and visitants, magic lovers of all ages, and Steve, prepare to enjoy the wonders of a mysterious man who can be solved, of a magic wielder who does not use esoteries, of the world's only nanoless magician, the great Vespari. And as he says that, a hole in the center of the stadium opens up, and you see rising it this extremely tall, like 10-foot-tall man wearing a giant star-riddled cape and a long plague doctor mask. He bends and moves in a way that his arms and his legs are buckling and bending over his weight like wet noodles. And the top of his head has thick black hair that juts out of the side like feathers attached to an upside-down pyramid. And a thin mustache floats motionless on his face. And the 
crowd just goes fucking nuts. The crowd goes wild. And eventually, he takes off the mask to reveal a waxy, stretched face. And he just says, I am the great Vespari. And the crowd is like, woo, yeah. In other parts of the world, you'll find stage nanos. People who use these extraordinary abilities they are just granted with to do simple parlor tricks. But I understand that doing what you are born with is not exceptional. It is just routine. So today you will see me perform feats a nano could, but just through simple sleight of hand. Today, ladies and gentlemen, prepare to see real magic. And the crowd, again, just starts erupting. And I saw your face kind of adjusting there, Tom. Uh, How are you and Misha responding to this? Shock narrows his eyes at the just, just granted powers bit, like, what? People have to work hard to learn magic. Well, and on the contrary from, from Shock, Misha is also confused because they also have not encountered this before. But and difference from Shock, Misha is just going to be really, really excited about about this this human that can do all of these things. And I mean, they, they actually legit are, are buying into his probable bullshit about you know his magics and his and and they are just looking at 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 him pretty like pretty attentive and almost at the edge of their seat like probably the rest of the public is <laughs> and with that let the show begin and he throws a bunch of silver like glitter in the air and he says for our first trick i shall make my assistant fly and while it will look like an esoteric i promise you that is a trick involved i challenge you to spot it if you dare. As he says that, this woman in like this kind of blue like fairies outfit walks out. She has kind of like the, the Tinkerbell skirt and she has these translucent blue wings that kind of jut out from her back. And then she walks forward and he's like, voila. And you see him flip some of the silver dust in front of her. And after a few seconds, she starts to float. And could I uh, have both of you roll perception? Yes. Six. No, nine. Sixteen. Uh, shock. You notice that Vespari's using Hamadium. As he throws the silver dust in front of the woman, there's a little bit of red glitter that comes along with it, which you would recognize as that Mm -hmm. red glitter Hamadium, which makes things lighter. Mm -hmm. You are curious, because you don't exactly know how uh, the wings on this blue woman flitter, but they kind of like flutter a little bit. It looks like she's like flying of her own accord. That trick, you don't understand how they're doing that, and that's kind of neat. And and you, you find it kind of interesting as well that you notice that the wings stretched down and on her back, they're actually kind of extending from this tattoo of a swooping raptor. And you see that, like, the wings of this raptor, which are up in the air, extend out to be the wings of the fairy. Shock will whisper over, Misha Jarvis, I don't understand the trick. He threw powder on her, but it was stuff in the powder that made her float. I, it's not even a trick. It's just what it was. It's, it's what it appears to be. Misha is going to use their their dataphysical connection to avoid being rude and then just just talk to Shock and say, I, I do not believe this is actual magic, Shock. There is something strange about how this human is floating. Uh, Shock is just sort of baffled and let down by this weird not magic. Yeah, and the crowd, I should mention, while you're having the this is disappointing conversation, is just eating it up. They're like cheering. They're like, oh, how could he do on that did you did you see that and actually some people behind them like this one smug guy is like oh no i saw it that's hamadium i'll tell you about that on the walk back to the fun house hotel and the 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 show continues and it continues like that like very very easy to see through tricks and the ones you can't tell like still you're like this is clearly a trick i can tell this isn't magic Misha's going to mentally tell to Shock, I, I do not understand why the other humans are getting so impressed by this. This doesn't seem like magic to me, and I am not experiencing such things, but it doesn't seem like it. Shock will say, the reason I, I care so much about magic was because I saw how other people were just so filled with wonder. People would see something that they didn't understand, something unknown, and it just gave people feelings that I didn't really get. 
and this guy's giving people the same feelings as magic while talking about how it's not magic. And I, I don't, it's strange. I don't know what I was expecting. Well, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah, so you kind of just sit there. I'm assuming you, you, you still tough it out to the show. Do you tough it out the whole show? Yeah, yeah. All right, so we get near the end of the show. It's been really disappointing, and the crowd just seems to be eating it up more and more. In fact, he makes these very, like, weird, nonsensical jokes sometimes, and, like, they get a massive laugh, and you're like, but that wasn't funny. And sometimes it was like, but that wasn't even a joke. <laughs> like, you're just super confused. <laughs> But then there's one thing that catches your eye. He does his second to last trick. He grabs these giant spears and he throws them at his assistant, this blue fairy. And they like all three kind of stab through her. But then she pulls them out and she's fine. And this one is odd to you because you're familiar with the, the metal that those spears seem to be made out of. And that that is hard stuff. That is very hard to move metal. Uh, it's actually, it's it's blue. It's blue azure steel. And you know that azure steel, like through this whole mission, it can't be melted. It can't be bent. So you're very surprised by how this trick worked. Are you a little impressed by it? Or are you just dead at this point? Shock doesn't hate the tricks necessarily he just he's so baffled by the shtick i don't shock doesn't really know how he feels misha is equally disappointed by everything and i also don't like that that shock is disappointed about this either okay so it's kind of sympathy that's fair and actually after that one the crowd goes silent for a little bit and then like they don't really respond to the trick even when like the stakes are successfully pulled out and Vespari just nervously chuckles and he's like, <laughs> well, you can figure that out on the walk home. And they all get like a big laugh and you're like, that wasn't a joke. But they're all like, ah, <laughs> of course we can figure that out on the way home. And then like actually one guy behind you is like, well, I already know how it works. And then he finally looks around and he's like, well, it has been a pleasure performing for all of you wonderful, intelligent folks today. But for my last trick... I need a volunteer from the audience. Um, um... Shock will raise his hand. You, young man in the blue in the back. You certainly seem like you're a strong purveyor of magic. Why don't you come down here? Shock will, will do it. He'll stand up, walk down to the front. As he, as he does it, he, like, pulls his hood up a little bit, makes sure that the robe is fluffed out a little bit. He wants to be presentable when he goes out there on that stage and faces this strange magician. Okay, you walk out to the center, and this man is towering. He is so far, like, you realize just how tall he is and how, like, kind of bendy his appendages are. It's very weird. It's like, you know those, like, balloon guys that, like, waver, like, for advertisements? Yeah. He kind of looks like that almost in, like, the way he, he moves, except even more like the flow of water almost. And he turns and he leans over you and he says, And what is your name, young man? I am Shock, Wizard of the East. Oh, we have a wizard here, ladies and gentlemen. Someone who might try to take my crown from me. Shock just stares at him. He doesn't have a response to that. Well, Shock, if you could please uh, stand in the middle for a second. We will do so. Shock, do you have anyone special with you in the audience this evening? Um, Shock will tentatively say yes. And what is their name? Uh, Shock is going to mentally communicate to Misha and say... Do you think this is safe? <laughs> Misha is going to reply, I have no experience with this, but it doesn't seem safe to me. I, actually, Kyle, can I try and, and scan him and see if I, or like roll perception or something to see if I see anything yeah. overly sketch? Scan, scan him. Give me a roll. I rolled a two, so I... Uh, still want you to ask me, what's the question you wanted answered with your scan? What piece of information did you want specifically about him? Because you can get, like, his level, or you can get very specific information. I guess I kind of just want to see if I see anything sketch other than, like, his sketch act. Like, if, if, if he seems like a good, quote-unquote, person, or if there's something that might make me not trust him with my real name. Okay. You get the scariest thing of all. You don't get anything on him. 
you you don't get you don't get a beat on this guy. You don't know what his deal is. God. Okay, so Misha's going to tell Shuck, Shuck, I cannot read this human. So I trust your best judgment on this. Oh. I do not know what. Oh, no. I do not know what is best. But know that I am with you on whatever happens. Shock turns to Vespari and says, without flinching, Nita Georgdis. Well, I must say, that is a beautiful name. Georgdis, wherever you are, I am most sorry. And he claps his hand, and it looks like to the audience that Shock just disappears, like from his feet up. I want both of you to roll perception. Okay. This dice just hates me. I rolled a seven. I'm gonna discard this dice for future rolls. Misha. It just looks like he disappeared. In that case, Misha's going to stand up and yell, No! One guy pipes up and he's like, Oh, calm down. It's just a trick. And shock. I got a 17. As you get up, you kind of feel some things brush against you, and you can feel the wind rustle. And you notice that that silver glitter that Vespari's been using is rotating around you, and it's intelligently reflecting the light in such a way that it looks like you've just gone invisible, this like silver dust. And you rack your brain, and you can't think of a single trick, a single Numenera device, a single thing that could have caused this trick unless Vespari was controlling it himself. Countermeasures. I would like to cast it. What does countermeasures do? You immediately end one ongoing Numenera effect, such as an effect created by an esoteric, within immediate range. Alternatively, you can use this as a defensive action to cancel any incoming esoteric targeted at you, or you can cancel any Numenera device or the effect of any Numenera device for 1d6 rounds. You must touch the effect or device to cancel it. And the exception to that, obviously, is esoteries, which you, you don't need to. And to describe what this looks like, Shock, of course, extends his right hand, and the glove on there makes a little, almost holographic keypad of various symbols. And by tapping a few of those, he's able to just dispel the pebbles. Yeah, you raise your hand, you touch it to the pebbles, and the image immediately shatters as they, like, fall to the ground. Some seem to be continuing to rotate as they, like, fly out into the distance is as if they weren't expected to move place, if that makes sense. For a couple of seconds, you see them start to rise up and flicker and move again, until Vespari looks over to you and he's like, And he's back! <laughs> that was our final trick, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much and have a good evening. Shock will slam his strong glass staff down on the stage and say, No! No, you've been doing real magic the whole time. All of this is magic. It was it was always magic. These aren't even tricks. You've just been doing things straightforwardly. Well, son, that's what I said. Fake esoteries, real no, magic. Of no. course I've been doing magic. That was a Numenera power. You're a nano. Son, I know my tricks might seem like esoteries to you, but I assure you that they are all tricks. Could his mother please come down and get him and and remind him of that. Do I see any obvious devices nearby, like Numenera devices I could activate? Um, what are you looking for? Nothing specific. My plan is to use distant activation to, like, make something word to life or, or happen, like, in an obvious way to indicate that I, I have powers. Yeah, you, uh... There's one thing. You feel a device... Uh, beneath you, some kind of elevator device. Uh, like, between you and Vespari in the center, you feel something controlling what made him rise up to the ground. But I just wanted to be clear, is it, like, between us, or literally beneath us? Like, if I activate this, are we going to both slide down into the earth? It's it's between you. Like, he maybe has one foot on it, but he'll be fine. Alright, alright. So, Shock uses distant activation, he snaps a finger, and tries to operate the elevator. Okay, it's a relatively simple device. I'm just going to say you can do it because it's a very simple device. And the door, the metal grating beneath this door opens up. And Vespari, he had one foot on it and he jumps up and he's like, hey, watch yourself. And he like claps his hands and the uh, metal door beneath him slams shut. And he's like, he almost dropped me to my death, kid. Can someone get him out of here? Why won't you just tell these people the truth? 
you're a nano. You have magic. Even tricks are also magic. This, this is such an unnecessary distinction. Why? Any? Why have you done any of the things you've done? And as you say that, Misha, you notice some Ruletia guards starting to walk down the staircase. As the audience starts to boo, they're like, "Boo, kid!" You almost killed him! I thought that would have added a lot of excitement. Is this the third act of the story yet? Or is this like the inciting incident? Because I gotta get home soon. And Misha, you see guards starting to run down the staircase towards him. And Vespari just like brushes his suit. And he like more quietly says to you, he's like, You'll understand when you're older, kid. Alright, so what are you preparing to do? Because there are like eight, let's say there are four entrances. There are like six, eight to sixteen guards. No, they're... Yeah, there are eight guards total rushing down towards you and Amisha, and you've got Vespari who's like on edge. Shock mentally, of course, says, get to one of the exits. I'll be fine. And Shock does a twirl, raises his arms in the air and says, remember this then, people of Ruletia. Real magic is all around you. You just have to see it. And then I want to far step out, like, somewhere in the bleachers where I can, like, bypass the guards. Okay. The thing will be remembered when uh, the angel is captured. So it's- <laughs> Okay, so you pop up uh, to a staircase. Maybe if there's, like, row, you know, it goes to row double Z. You're in maybe row CC. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, right at the edge of row CC. Like, you're on the staircase. Jock's just gonna take off towards one of the exits, holding on to his hood with one hand and holding the staff in the other. Just, just running. This is what happens when we leave the kids alone. All right, you, uh, you and Misha run out. You hear the aud- You hear like a big aww from the audience, and the the one guy's like, "Well, it's just getting good." And you can swear as the darkness goes around him, you can hear the spy say, "Indeed, it was." <laughs> so you two, you two rush out, and and where are you going? You are now basically on the lamb. Oh, we were just like forcibly escorted out of a out of a place. You know, it happens. You were going to, and then you used magic and ran away. <laughs> I wouldn't quite say, oh, we were just forcefully, es- uh, uh, you know, po- taken away from the vicinity. It's fine. It's fine. We were just like just kicked out. It's fine. Anyway, but we're like Shock's gonna like grab onto Misha's hand and like run down the streets. Yeah, Misha's just gonna follow. Okay, so you run down and you weave through the streets, and at one point you go down and you turn a corner and you just hear a voice say, "You know, if you go down that street, they're certainly gonna catch you." Like, who? Who are you? You see a figure wearing a classic trench coat and a trilby hat with a cigarette walk out and they drop the cigarette to the ground and another one that's already lit just pops out of their mouth and they say the name's Mac you two kids want to get away from this trouble? What? Who are they? Uh, you, I know you said you're you're nomenclature, but why do you care? Who are you? Because I'm the last bastion of law in this town and frankly kids we could use someone with spunk like you Shock is just gonna be like, Let, let's go, Misha. Bye. This is a waste of time. Misha's gonna follow. Uh, I thank you for for being the last passion of the law, but we cannot help you with whatever it is you want. We are busy ourselves. Heard you two have been making waves with the Jagged Dream. Where did you hear that information? We don't know you. We do not know who you are. We need to find our friends. Well, lucky for you, we're going to the same place. Are we? Where are we going? As I said, the last bastion of the law. And then they start walking away and they take another puff and they're like, so you kids gonna just stand there or are you gonna let the world end? Shock turns to Misha and mentally says, I don't really trust him, but... Them. Let me restart that. I don't really trust them, but either they're a terrible ally or they're an enemy and we need to find out what they're up to anyway. Misha's gonna sigh and say that I suppose that is true. They know information about us that I don't know how it was acquired, therefore it might be useful to keep a track on them and see if they are the only person that knows this information. I also do not trust that they are the last bastion of the law. <laughs> Whatever that means. 
Jacques will start following after this mysterious figure. And also say to Misha, did did you have fun or or did I ruin everything? No, no, I, I, I had fun. I thought it was a really nice day overall. I, I tasted, well, I had some things in my mouth and you tasted some things. I, it, it, it was a really nice evening. And uh, even though the, the show wasn't was what either of us were expecting, I think it was still, it was still good. D- did you have fun? Yes, I was just worried that maybe you were saying that you, that you like- No, she didn't worry about, about me, me saying things to, to make you happy. I truly had fun. It was the most fun I have had in, in, well, in a long, in the long while, uh, as long as I can remember, I hadn't had this much fun. And I say this honestly, I do not say this to please you. Although I will confess that I would not have had as much fun if you wouldn't have it as well. But I did, and you, you didn't ruin anything for me. You, you couldn't have. Uh, and, and Shock will smile at that. Yeah, I'm just gonna grab his hand and say, okay, let's, let's just follow this, this human subject. And uh, in front of you, Mac puffs another, another cigarette, drops it to the ground, turns back and says, Come on, kiddos. Your future's waiting. Good news, Hallie. No. <laughs> uh, that happened because you didn't go play hopscotch. Fuck. You would have gotten something a lot more mild if you had gone to hopscotch. Fuck. I was thinking about it, but like Hopper was a, was caught between two of his greatest fears, which is like <laughs> being too close to someone, but being too distant from someone. And he was like, "Is it better to leave Ellie alone, or is it better to not leave Ellie alone?" And he voted leave not leave Ellie alone because he figured he could go investigate after they handled this. I also love Ari. I do not know what happened, but I imagine Lorraine has something to do with it. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs>